When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. When did the image of success become so shallow and cookie cutter? It's carefree entrepreneurship, sprawling homes, and curated aesthetics, all wrapped up in a simplified social media post, rife with the latest buzzwords explaining how you're just one manifestation away from the life of your dreams. But building thriving businesses and positioning yourself as a leader in any industry has little to do with hitting these external validations and everything to do with cutting through the crap and getting to work. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, marketing strategist, and your host in this discussion. I've spent decades studying the mechanics of success so I could reverse engineer the process. Together, let's specifically define what success means to you and determine the steps to get you there. With real strategies, exclusive interviews, and game-changing ideas you can implement into your life and business. It's time to go beyond the facade, beyond the posturing, beyond the image to create real change personally and professionally. This is the Beyond the Image Podcast. My guest today is Carm Bazo. She is the founder of Up and Lifting Fitness and Nutrition Coaching. Carm, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. So, so excited I, to be. Well, I'm excited to have you on. You and I, we've we've connected over social media now for a while. And the other week, I had hosted a webinar about pitching the podcast and and how to how to demonstrate value when pitching the podcast and I had put a call out to anyone who attended the webinar I says okay this is your chance to land a feature on my show pitch me an idea and you you had pitched me an idea uh that really kind of struck a chord with me but you know as we were right like right before we turned on the mics we decided to kind of take a pivot on that uh to to something that that we'll get into here throughout this but you know, I, I just kind of want to give some context to this first, uh, you know, you're, you're a coach, you're, you're a trainer. What what was it that even just initially got you into the industry that you're in, just so we can kind of set some, just some groundwork? Sure, yes. So obviously, prior to the pandemic, I worked at a, a, a gym, uh, teaching boot camp a few times a week, just as a side hustle, something I love to do. Um, and then the pandemic hit, of course, and everybody's, I think, uh, business took a different uh, road. And what I decided to do is kind of really grow my online um, coaching, um, not just with fitness, but also with nutrition and mindset. Um, through COVID, I really came to the realization that I needed to make a change in myself. And it was really around my own mindset, around my own body. I had been teaching boot camp for so long. I had helped women before in terms of losing weight, but just, you know, just on the side and just for fun type of thing. But I realized that I wasn't happy with myself. And I was pushing myself in so many different directions, um, giving myself uh, a really hard time. Um, something I would always, you know, the opposite of what I was teaching, you know, women. 
And I decided to invest in a coach and go through a whole, you know, seven months of meal planning and fitness with the specific coach and, you know, going for a photo, a fitness photo shoot. And that day changed my life and not because of the pictures. I mean, the pictures were, you know, stunning to me, but um, just feeling empowered. And I wanted more women to feel that it's okay to be sexy and strong and empowered to do something like that, but also to give yourself a promise to fulfill that promise, right? No matter what, how hard it was throughout the seven months um, and decided to really start to work with women more one-on-one uh, in, in that, in not just going for a photo shoot, but to AR and around food and around fitness and no more punishing and more uh, accepting. So what I feel is interesting about this is there was this arc that you had from before you chose to invest in yourself in this coaching program to how you felt about yourself after. Um, Now, I'm sure no doubt that the program had efficacy in regards to, you know, how it coached you, how it trained you and, and just kind of how it guided you through this. But my guess is a lot of this work was internally of one deciding, oh, yeah, I'm going to be investing in myself right now. Like that's a huge, huge one. I'm going to actually show up and go through this entire program. And then I'm going to actually complete this program. And all of a sudden through the the exiting of this program, you now have the confidence to expand your service offerings, to increase the level of, of value that you are, are trying to provide to your audience. What was that, you know, some of the nuances of that journey like from even deciding to to invest in yourself that you were worth investing in, that you were worth taking a chance on yourself. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think I just got to a point where I really wanted to make a change. And I'll be honest with you, when I heard the price, right? Like everybody else, you always go for the cost first. I thought I hung up the phone and I said to my husband, well, I'm not going to do this. And the step one was making the call. And he actually um, said, no, you're doing it. It's worth it. You're worth it. And he's always told me that, but you know, I really needed to um, really think about it myself and thought, you know what, I am worth it. I do. I work hard. Um, I've done so many different things over the years. And this is something that I really wanted for myself, but was afraid to, to really invest in like financially, I didn't realize that it was going to be priceless at the end. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize until as, as I was going through the program that I was with every little check mark that you give yourself by completing something, by investing in yourself, um, you know, with the time that you're putting into something, with the money you're putting into something that you're check, you know, you're giving those, you're giving yourself those check marks that, wow, like I did that, right? I, I'm, and I'm doing this. And even through the hard times, I'm still doing it. Like, you know, there's lots and lots. I'm from an Italian family, right? There's a communion and a baptism and a birthday every other week. There's always food. We live around food. But it was not about oh my goodness, like it used to be, there's going to be another get get together. How, what am I going to do? How am I going to eat? It was more about, okay, you know what? How do I plan for this, right? How do I enjoy this food, this company? And I think COVID also helped in terms of not having as many, but still having some. And also realizing that it's okay. Like food meant something different to me through this program. And because I had to look at myself differently. 
and it was it's liberating but I didn't you know it's like step it's not like it was a huge aha moment I think it was just like as I kept doing things for myself throughout those you know seven eight months I built that confidence and I realized okay this is worth it this is worth it I'm worth it so you're you're a parent right mm-hmm. how many kids do you have two teens two teens okay two boys two teens Okay, two boys. And do either of your boys, are they involved in any like extracurricular activities from music, sports, etc? Like what, what, what's something that one of your kids would be really into that may not be just part of normal school? Uh, they both play hockey and football. Oh, you're Canadian. Um, okay, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of your sons comes to you and says, Mom, um, there's this really it like really exciting accelerated hockey program that's coming into town uh this this fall uh it's you know it's a six-week program every saturday you know it's you know three thousand dollars but i mean this is a legit level coach and you know this is a huge opportunity do you even hesitate to invest in your son never correct yeah i mean of course no. not. It, it's no. it it, it, no. it goes without question no. okay um because you yep. believe in him, you believe in his goals yep. and you believe in supporting yep. those goals, but something shifts when all of a sudden that same opportunity is presented to ourselves. And whereas mm-hmm. we don't even hesitate for a second to invest, you know, in a loved one in a family member and a friend and whatever it might be, when it comes to investing ourselves, that's when we start to take the foot off the, the gas a little bit. We start to get that nervousness. And I think, one of the things you said that struck a chord with me is as you know, once your husband was the one who said you, you got to do this. So proving this point, but once you started to go through this process, you were able to stack up some of these small wins, some of these little pieces. It's like, uh, oh my gosh. Oh no, I can do this. And you're getting like verified proof along this process. I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit of, of your experience with that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I also tell my clients that, you know, when, you know, you, it's all small wins, it's daily habits, it's consistency, but it's also when you start, we all make promises to so many people, our our kids, um, you know, our colleagues, our neighbors, our friends, they call us, we drop it, you know, because we're, we don't want to break a promise to anybody. But when we do it to ourselves, we say, you know what, tomorrow, I'm going to start this workout program, or I'm going to, you know, eat healthier, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat after dinner, whatever promise you make to yourself. But so easily, we disregard our own promises to ourselves, like we're not as important as our neighbor, our friend, our partner, but we can't be um, all those good partners in any part of our in our lives when we're not true to ourselves when we're not um, believing in ourselves. And I really felt like through that process, all those, it's not that I did, I worked out so hard before you know, this program. So it's not like I was like, Oh, great, I put it, I got this workout in. It was more about believing that I could work around the food issues, right? Like the get togethers, or like being in COVID and like everybody baking, including us, right? Bread and pizza and banana bread in the middle of the week, because we had nothing else to do. And, you know, and just having a different mindset about about food for me, every time that I overcame something where I didn't feel guilty about doing something, I was enjoying my family in a totally different way because of COVID. And we were spending so much more time together. 
that I began to be a different person. And I wasn't the person that was so scared of food and scared of um, who, what was going to happen. It became, I just became a different person. My mindset changed and it happens so slowly, like in terms of, again, it wasn't like this big, huge aha. It was just all these little things that stacked up. And that's what I try to tell the women I work with, that it's not going to come overnight. Um, it comes with habit, with consistency, and with just giving yourself that time to believe in yourself. It's like we don't give ourselves that time to believe in ourselves. We believe in our, like, you know, if my partner, if my husband had come to me and it was opposite, he says, I want to take this course. It's something I've always wanted to do, but it's, you know, this much money. I would say, well, you've always wanted to do it. I think you, I think we should do it, right? You should do it just like my kids. But, you know, there's a guilt factor when it comes to ourselves. And it doesn't go away. I mean, sometimes throughout this past year as well, you know, other opportunities come up and you're like, oh, you know, you don't, it doesn't necessarily go away, but it's something that I'm better at. And I'm realizing I'm worth, I'm worth some of this, right? I'm worth giving my all to something, to a, a dream, a goal, trying. I think that's the biggest thing too. And I tell my kids all the time, you know, I just told my 14 year old, like, why didn't you try out for the football team? Well, I'll try out next year, you know, the school football team, because he just started high school. And I thought, but just try, just try out. But why don't I say that to myself, right? Why don't we say that to ourselves? Just try and see what happens. I think what we have to do is we have to learn to trust ourselves. I think we have a severe lack of trust in ourselves. And I think it's so much easier to to invest trust in others because not that your family would let you down, but you know, in the case of someone who you invest in trust in letting you down, how much are you losing in this? Not, you know, I mean, that's subjective, but ultimately not that much. Uh, you know, one one could argue, but when when you invest in yourself and you don't trust yourself and it does not work out, then there's a lot that that could be on the line emotionally for you whether that's fair or not fair it's you know i you know i'm not good enough i failed i shouldn't have done this you know i mean all the things and you know here's the thing it's like we've been and i find this so fascinating we've been failing our entire lives you know we've been failing since we were kids we we failed at mm -hmm. walking we failed at riding a bike we failed at you know, uh, talking, we failed at school, we felt like uh, constantly failing. But somewhere along the way, we stopped attributing failure as a, a metric of progress. And we started looking at failure as a finality. And I'm not sure at what point, maybe it was college, maybe it was, you know, once we entered into the workforce. But the idea of failing became quite fatal. And thus, we no longer trusted ourselves. We no longer wanted to invest in ourselves. Um, and I loved how you brought up, like even in your coaching, what you do is you, you focus on small wins and, and you focus on habits. Cause I do believe failing and the progress of failing and pushing yourself to develop is, is a habit. Uh, and with anything, I mean, you work in, you work in the health and wellness industry, it's a muscle. And if you're not exercising that muscle, it atrophies. And the more you exercise your abilities to, to test yourself, to, to try to, accumulate small wins, the stronger you're going to get and the easier it's going to be to trust yourself or to 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 put uh, uh, energy and investment to yourself. So I want to mirror this to what you were doing within your business, because I find this amazing parallel. Prior to you 
going through this coaching program, you mentioned that you were doing uh, boot camps at a gym. Okay. Mm. And what, when I say this, please do not take any offense because no offense is intended in this. Yeah. But if you were to compare and contrast boot camps versus one-on-one training or high ticket training, there's a lot more to lose in the latter than there is in the former. A boot camp can be seen as more of a safer environment. You can almost hide within the crowd that you're coaching or that you're training a little bit. Whereas one-on-one, there's nothing to hide behind. It's it's you, it's the client, and it's, it is entirely on your coaching and your process at that point. Okay. Oh, um, 100 yeah. Yeah. I would love so so after you go through this coaching program, you decide, oh, I want to give this this idea of a bigger service or a bigger offering that's kind of like peeling off a little bit of the shield a little bit. Tell me about that mm. process because I love the fact that you went through that. Yeah. And you know, you're absolutely right. Like when you're when you're teaching a class, you could it's, you know, you're walking around, you're talking, it's social, it's fun, you know, they're there to just sweat and get out, you know, that type of thing. We, but when you're doing, uh, when you're working with people one-on-one, it's, it, it is just you and them and get, I have evolved over and I've only been doing this since, you know, about a year actually now, uh, working one-on-one with women. And honestly, I have evolved a lot through that year. I think my early clients will probably attest to that, you know, just trying to find who I am as a coach, what I believe in as a coach, like you just kind of want to do everything at once when you're beginning anything. And with my coaching business, you know, it was like, oh, I'm all in, I'm going to do all of this stuff. And I, I really over the last year have had to realize, you know, what kind of coach I want to be, what I learned from my own coaching experience that I liked, what I learned from my own coaching experience that I you know, wanted to improve on, which I felt was lacking as well, and try to, you know, create my own program for for the women that I was working with. Um, And it's scary, like, I'm not gonna, I thought this was going to be great and easy, not easy, but um, easier than what it is. It is, you know, a lot of work, it is, a, but it's great when those women, you know, they text me, and they call me, and they send me messages, even something so small, because I'm teaching them about daily habits, and about consistency, that when they are getting it, and they have a win, that's not necessarily the scale, it's so much bigger, and that's, that makes it so so worth it. All of the learnings that I've had over the past year um, and all of the scary parts of it, I make it so worth it. And if I could go back, you know, a year ago and kind of start, you know, again, I don't know if I would change things because it, it I had to learn, you know, it's like with every everything that you try to do, you, you have those mistakes, you fail, you know, I'm sure I failed in the very beginning, because I was, again, trying to find my footing as a as a coach. And you need that to humble you and to make changes, right, make some system changes and decide, no, I don't want to do that part of it. You know, I don't, that's not me. That's not my values. Um, because sometimes you get, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but sometimes you get really wrapped up in like social media, right? Like you just see so many different things that are happening on social media, different coaches, different ways of coaching, different, um, uh, profiles, you know, people who are trying to be all these different things. And you think, do I have to do that to, 
to, you know, be a successful coach and is, but you have to find your way. And sometimes it's really hard. I, I think that this day and age, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's different for, you know, my, my teen boys too, with social media than when I was a teen, but I'm looking at it as a, as an entrepreneur and you're just seeing, and I think, you know, the health and wellness space is just exploding and you know, there's just so much information that are coming to our clients as well, because they're, they're seeing the same stuff, but also for coaches to kind of find your own voice in, you know, a, a space that's just, uh, it's saturated, but it's, you know, you got to find your own niche. You brought up something I think is, is critically important. And I love that you asked yourself the question, what kind of coach do I want to be? And it's, it's a, crucially important query that I want all my listeners to to pause whether and you know sub out the word coach for whatever your your role is whatever value you offer photographer writer uh, uh, mentor guide uh, trainer however you want to define it what type of individual do you want to be within that and I would also add to that it's okay for that answer to change from time to time and I think you know I've been coaching a number of years and, you know, when I look at the coach I was in 2018 and 2019, it's not that I am embarrassed by mm. that identity because that identity not, not only served my needs, but also served the needs of my clients at that time. But the world changed a lot over the last mm. few years. And that brand, because it, it is a brand, we're a brand, no yep. longer served me and damn sure did not serve my clients. And so I made a hard shift in gears and redid my entire coaching, not just platform, but my methodology. My, 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 my process and my system for how I increase the efficacy of working with my clients. And I got rid of a lot of things. Now, did that mean I lost revenue early on? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, we ditched some stuff that, that was moneymakers. Because I was like, you know, like I look at it, I was like, I, in this personal opinion, I don't understand why anyone would join a mastermind today, period. And it's like, I, it does not, it does not compute why, why anyone would legitimately join a mastermind thinking it's going to grow their business. Masterminds are dead. The, the, the efficacy of a mastermind, I think is, is long gone at best, at best. They're like vacations, like high, very expensive vacations that you can take. Now, I say that, you know, completely biased. And as a result, I closed my mastermind. Because I no longer wanted to be serving as a, like, I want to take people on experiences that they can photograph and put on Instagram. Don't want to do it. Doesn't help their business. Right. Right. Now, there are people who really lean into the experiential stuff, but that's their value proposition. Okay. So it was understanding and asking that question, well, what kind of coach do I want to be? Do I want to be the coach that curates these elaborate retreats? I don't want to do that anymore. Don't want to be the coach that focuses on tactic and strategy. I want to be that guy. Okay. Well, let's, let's understand what that is. All right. So I just, I tell that story just to, just to reveal that it's okay for this to evolve over time as you grow as a coach and as your clients acclimate to what their needs are and the value that you can deliver them. So one of the things yeah. that, you know, you've kind of realized that this journey is 
how you're assessing your value. And when I say value, I, I, I mean it in two different ways. I mean, the value that you are delivering to the client, and that is results, outcomes, or transformation. So what they're getting for this. And then the value you're assessing for yourself on what you deserve to be paid for that. Because I think early on, and correct me if I'm wrong, but early on as business owners, we just say, well, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour sounds good. Let's just do that. And we're charging yeah. per hour. We're not charging for the result. We're not charging for the outcome. We're not charging for the transformation, which for some of our clients, that is invaluable. But for us, we're like, yeah, 50 bucks an hour I sounds okay. Right. So when did you start to make yeah. this shift where you, where you realize, oh no, the, it's not per hour. It's the result I'm delivering. Well, it's funny you say that because I did learn like really recently too, is that people don't typically care how, you know, if I said to them, um, you know what, you get a Zoom call with me every week for five weeks. They don't care that it's for five weeks, right? They're just like, I just want whatever their goal is, right? Maybe their goal is I just need to lose 15 pounds or I just want to, you know, more and more lately, I've had women who just say, you know, I, I see your transformation in your mindset. I want that, right? So I want to work with you over my food issues. And I've been realizing that there is, that is priceless. And that's what I said about the photo shoot too, that I did and the coaching program, because yes, it's a financial investment, especially when you're a parent and you're thinking about university and whatever else. And, um, uh, you know, and we were going through COVID at the time and who knows what that would have looked like with our, with our professions. But at the end, it is, it would, you know, if they would have said a million dollars at this point, you know, it was so priceless because it changed my life. And so that is how I have to look at what I do with my clients is that it isn't just, oh, this is how much I would charge if I was doing an hour because I give so much more value that I don't even, you know, not part of that hour that I'm sitting down writing their programs and reading their emails and responding. It's all the little stuff too. I send them things and, oh, this reminded me of you and look at this or look at this, you know, follow this podcast or um, this is, you know, this was great because it reminded me of a conversation that we had. So there's so much added value that you can't put a price tag on. I think as an early coach, and I'm still an early coach, you know, within a year, it's still trying to figure that all out. But I've come a long way that when someone asks me, you know, what if I just wanted um, you to set me up, you know, with a, um, a, pro a fitness program, I don't need the meal plan, I don't need whatever else, I just want some workouts. And I give them a price and they're like, oh, well, I just I don't want any check ins or anything like that. Like they're trying to negotiate, right? And I'm starting to think, oh, like maybe I'm charging too much. Why are they asking me all these questions? But I've come to the realization lately that this is right. Like this is, this is the price I'm worth it. I'm giving my time, my expertise. I want to check in with you because that's an added value that you will realize is priceless. So it does take a while. And I think in the beginning, like you said, it's like, I don't know, you're just kind of picking a num number of the, out of the air, or you're talking to somebody else and saying, how much do you charge? And, oh, I don't know if I could charge that much. And I don't have all this expertise and I don't have a bit in the business so long. Like you start to doubt yourself in so many different ways. But as you know, you work with more and more people and you get their feedback, you realize, okay, you know what? I am worth this investment. And if you want to work with me, this is the investment. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's it's about having clarity in what that investment delivers, you know. And I, I as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, okay, what am I worth as a photographer? And if it's just for, if you just want good looking photos, I'm probably way too expensive, because what I deliver. Right. Is, is not in alignment with just good looking photos. Anyone could take good looking photos. You could take good looking photos on an iPhone. You don't need, you don't need me for that. But if you have a very specific goal, let's just say earned media getting published or mm. um, you know, you, you're trying to sell a product and, and you want to create the right image that, that can sell in an, in an ad placement. Well, all of a sudden, my services and the rate that I charge for those services makes a lot more sense because, well, my photos get published. My photos sell products. My photos sell services. That's, that is what I can do. And it's what I can be very specific to and focus on. So you're right. When someone asks me, well, you know, I'm just looking for a few shots, probably don't hire me. And that's okay. <laughs> to be clear, that's yes, fine. Yeah. That's that is no uh, that that's nothing against my services, nor is it against the person who's looking to hire someone. It's important that they have clarity in what they want because when they have clarity in what they want and what outcome they want, they can make a better decision on who to invest in. Because that would be the wrong investment in me. Just like someone who says to you, Carver, can you just put together like a workout thing and then I'll just, they're not going to get results from you? No way. No way. And then they'll blame yeah, you. Yeah. Well, Carm's program did not work for me. No, you, you two because are not Ed, the right yeah. fit. Absolutely. And it's, a, it's the same with, um, you know, your analogy with photos is like, you know, anybody, they can, you can find a meal plan on the internet, mm-hmm. right? You can find a workout on, a, on YouTube. Like that, it's so easy nowadays. So, but when, you know, you work with somebody one-on-one, when you work with somebody, James, with their vision, their brand, when I work with somebody, it's more than just a workout. It's more than just, you know, here, this is, this is some good recipes and some, you know, what you should follow. It is a connection that you are actually paying for. It is that priceless connection. And that's what I find the, the women that work with me the longest and have had, you know, these fantastic transformations. They're not all solely from the scale. And I think that has been their biggest realization and transformation is like, wow, I am not tired. Like I used to be my joints don't hurt. I am sleeping better. Uh, My mindset around food. Yes. My pants were a little tight today, but they weren't yesterday or whatever. You know what I mean? Like all these little things that because of the connection, because of the relationship that we have been creating over months is way more important and way more worth the investment than, you know, so much. It can be a physical thing. And that's sometimes what they, what it starts as, right. When, when someone hires a a coach like me, they think it's all about just the physical, but when, you know, you work with somebody and you build a relationship and those are the best coaches I think that I have had is when somebody builds a relationship with you and understands you and build, wants to build a relationship with you, a connection with you, as opposed to, you know, here's a meal plan, here's a workout, call, you know, call me in two weeks. Like, you know, we'll talk about you in two weeks. And I think the same with you, you get to know your clients, you get to see, you know, that's how, that's how, that's why your pictures are so gorgeous is because you bring out the person and their brand so specifically, right. And so much that people can see who they are and their strength and their beauty from, like you said, anybody could take a picture, but it's, it's, it's the story behind that picture. Mm -hmm. You brought something else up that I feel 
uh, I want to I want to put some light on, which is so often we as business owners will focus just on the features of what we're selling. You know, you mentioned like how many Zoom calls someone gets. No one gives a shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one cares mm-hmm. how how you know really how long the program is, whether it's done over email or Zoom, whether you have your own app or you don't have your own app, whether it's done in a Facebook group. I we spend so much energy worrying about all this minutia that ultimately does not change whether or not someone's going to invest in you. Whether I spend $3,000 a year for a amazing funnel system that delivers this exceptional product delivery system, or I, I just email out the plans in a PDF once a week. It does not change why someone, whether or not someone chooses to work with me, does not change it one bit. What does matter is what are the benefits, not the features, what are the benefits? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, I call it the so what factor, which is you can say, you know, let's use the aforementioned Zoom calls. You know, we do a Zoom call every single week for five weeks. Who cares? Add the word so that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that I'm able to have my finger on the pulse of where you are at at any given moment and can make changes super quick. So we are overcoming any plateaus that you may be hitting. Now it's a benefit. Love it. Okay, little shifts like that can can really change what a feature means to a prospective client. And, you know, the other thing is, okay, so focus on the benefits, not the features. But the other thing is like, understand the outcomes that matter to your clients. And this is, this is what I'm curious, what, what you've kind of assessed for yourself, because, you know, for some, maybe it's weight loss for some it's vitality for some it's energy, but what have you done? Like for me, you know, as, as a, as a photographer, it's my clients want earned media. Okay. So that's the outcome. And if I could show a, a high percentage of success rate with that, Okay, we're we're achieving outcomes. Uh, as a business coach, it's increasing lead generation. All right, so having a a predictable lead generation system. So if my clients are getting more leads, which then result in more sales, the system works. Okay, what have you determined with your clients, or what have your clients shown you that matters to them in regards to outcomes? What outcomes do your clients want that you've decided this is what we're selling? Is these outcomes? I would absolutely, and it's a, it's something that surprised me because I thought it was weight loss, right? I thought, oh, every, every woman wants to lose weight. That's what we think we want, right? Unless we really have like, you know, 100 pounds to lose, 50 pounds to lose. Clients are coming to me, come to me because, well, I know because they tell me. It's, they can relate to me because it's all about mindset, about our food fear, our food um, restrictions, uh, you know, binging and then restricting the over cardio because we, because we had pizza and cake for our birthday, you know, how many times I've done that, you know, Um, and I'm finding that my clients are telling me, I work with you because you understand where I'm coming from. You don't judge. And it's, Yes, I'm still, you know, yes, maybe I could be a little leaner is what they're telling me, but I'm happier because I am not a slave to the food. And 
it, I think that surprised me as well coming through this whole process because I thought, well, I'm just going to give everybody a physical transformation and they are losing weight and they are losing inches, but it's, and they love it, but it's not like when I read their, you know, we, they send me a, a you know, um, an update every two weeks, but we chat always during the two weeks. But when I'm reading them, it's all about, you know, I went to a barbecue this, you know, this weekend and I enjoyed the food without the guilt. I didn't binge, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, uh, starve myself or I had, you know, I was able to enjoy the company because I wasn't so concerned about the food aspect of it. I, you know, I didn't over, I didn't over exercise because I had a cheat meal. Like it's their mindset things that, you know, they're feeling they're sleeping. I have a one client who slept like, you know, five hours a night could not, get more than five hours a night. And now like I'm trying to prioritize sleep for her. And now she's like, I'm sleeping seven hours. Yesterday I had eight hours, you know, like, so it's all about all these different aspects that not that yes, we'll bring the weight loss, but the weight loss isn't the, the ultimate goal. It's all, it's been, you know, and I can't, I, do, I honestly don't think you're going to get the physical transformation that you want in a sustainable way without a, a mindset change, without a mental um, you know, change. And I think that's been huge for me. And I think it's been huge for my clients. I absolutely love that. And that's, that's a perfect send off uh, uh, message for, for this, for this conversation. Where can listeners go to learn more about you, more about the work you're doing, and just more about how you are really leveling up and integrating with, with your audience and your clients? I'm mostly on Instagram at up and lifting because I'm up in the morning and that's what I'm doing. I'm lifting. So up and lifting. And I also want to bring, you know, joy to people that I work with one-on-one. That's amazing. We'll make sure that is in the show notes. Carm, thank you so much. I, I am delighted that we finally got to have this conversation. Me too. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.